If we're going to hold together in perfect unity and never look back, then the end of Paul's letter to the Galatians isn't needed. But we do not experience perfect unions in this time and space. And so we hurt each other. We do break sometimes. Welcome to Anakinosis, where we renew our minds towards biblical worldview in the scriptures. This is a show for anyone looking to build or repair their biblical worldview. Whether you're 100% comfortable in the current Christian culture, or you feel like an outsider looking in, everyone is welcome. My name is Jeremy Agin. I'm just a guy with a Bible literacy background who has ASD and who thinks a lot about how to think. Today, we open the Apostles' Mail to hear the conclusion of Paul's letter. Galatians 6.1a reads, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. What problem are we addressing, Paul? If anyone is caught in any transgression. That's the English translation of his Greek that was literally, if, if even should a man be overcome in some trespass. We have a problemo with prolambano. That's the word for being overcome or caught off guard. Sometimes the context bends the word to mean anticipate, like the woman who anointed Jesus' feet. But it is most often used to mean didn't anticipate. The context here dictates being caught off guard. So Paul isn't looking for the legalism police to be watching everyone else's every move to catch them in a sin. He is speaking of the inevitable, that we'll all be caught off guard by where we end up. Paraptoma, a false step. It's a word used for slip-ups, unconscious, non-deliberate slip-ups. Brothers. See, it starts brothers. That's a plea for family or a community mindset. Even if one of us is caught off guard by a slip up in our flesh, restore them in a spirit of gentleness. Now, gentleness was one of the attributes of the fruit of the spirit. Now, when we think of restoration in a religious sense. I picture a man or a woman who falls into a very public sin and goes out of ministry for a few years then completes some restoration trainings and conferences and then is welcomed back, but not in the same role. At least that's what I've seen be the modern practice for whatever reason. That isn't the picture in mind here. Restore is catartizo, which is a word used to speak of an exact fit, fitting so well everything works again as it once did. I do not think Paul is dismissing natural social contract sort of consequences, but I do think that he has a radical view of forgiveness. The graver violations of the social contract are usually intentional, and Paul has spoke at length about those in chapter 5, but these are the whoopsies. Whoopsies, even in public, even if large, can be forgiven. These people can be restored into the exact fit 
that they used to be in. So who's able to do this kind of restoration? The pneumaticos, the spiritual ones, those who are fruitfully following Jesus. And there is a level of healing here. There is a level of allowing the person to become useful again to the community, to make useful again, not to cancel. All right, he goes on in 1b to 5. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. Watch yourself lest you be tempted is the translation of consider yourself lest also you be tested. Perazo, to prove, to attempt, to test. Only context can make it mean tempt. The entire Bible is filled with tests from the tree in the garden on forward. And sometimes we recognize it when the test is before us and we're mindful and we choose to trust Yahweh. And other times we're surprised to find ourselves misstepping again into selfishness. And our posture to those who fail tests around us, which is all of us, should be to bear or carry each other. We all know the footprints poem where there is one set of footprints in the sand because Jesus has been carrying the dude. Well, in Paul's worldview of strong kingdom community, we all carry each other. When we think we're really something, we refuse to help. When we think we're better, we refuse to help. When we refuse to be carried by Jesus or anyone else. And Paul warns against this we have to constantly examine our own motives and actions. And then Paul curiously says, we want to be able to boast in ourselves and not our neighbor. It's an odd thing to say after saying our neighbors will be carrying us. Also, the entire Bible speaks to boasting in the Lord being positive and boasting in yourself as being negative. So Paul, what are you doing here? Well, let's look at the cues. I hope you notice the community cues here. Corporately restore people gently who were caught off guard by their missteps. Individually watch yourself that it is not your turn next. Corporately carry each other when it's their turn. Individually test your own actions and carry your own load or portion. Why do it? Because it's going to be your turn to be carried next. We all need carried. But to lean into that is to sin more so that grace might increase. So we should instead work hard in trusting Jesus and being carried by him so as to not need others to bear us each day. Having carriers is good for community. Having people not need to be carried is good for community too. People who do not need carried today are the only ones available to carry others after all. But that boasting language, you know, I I honestly don't know. It's kind of odd, especially with how the letter ends. So we honestly might have a copy error here. I don't know. Galatians 6, 6 to 10. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. 
do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows in his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows in the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. So the community queue continues here. Corporately, share all good things. Individually, do not be deceived. You'll sow what you reap. Corporately, do good to all people, especially the believers. And I think Paul's terminology is critical in verse 10. As we have opportunity. I think that is walking in the spirit in a nutshell. Coming to a point of decision or practice and looking to seize Yahweh's opportunity over our own. To try to be mindful of things and not be surprised with our missteps so often. Well, we did it. We reached the benediction of Paul's letter to the Galatians. And in Paul's day, letters exhibited two styles of handwriting. There was a refined style of a trained secretary in the body of the letter, and then there was a more casual style of the author in the conclusion. It appears that it was common practice for letters to be written by dictation to secretaries. The author would write a summary in his own pen, which would often lead to interpretive clues for the whole letter. And this letter definitely fits that mold. The scribe has now put down his pen, and Paul grabs his own to remind the Galatians about the true reason for this letter. Starting in verse 11. See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh, who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not keep themselves the law, but they desire to have you circumcised, that they may boast in your flesh. Now, the large letters may indicate some lingering sight issues. My grandma used to write in huge letters when her sight was failing her, but it could be large letters for emphasis, if that was a thing back then. That group of people who were leading the Galatians into a false gospel of adding the law to the grace of Jesus, they who wanted everyone to prove their faithfulness to the traditions and the laws by being circumcised, they were only doing that in order not to be persecuted by the cross of Jesus. Now, what could Paul mean by that? How would the work of Jesus on the cross persecute them? Well, if we understand the atonement happening on the cross being for the people, then we can see that forgiveness or a passing over of judgment, if you will, was needed for all humanity, not just the sinners, quote unquote, but the law followers too. If they can change the universal judgment to be pointing towards others, they can change the universal grace. They would rather be judged by their own law following. But Paul says, if they were measured this way, they wouldn't measure up. He continues in verse 14. But far be it for me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me 
and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. So you see why the boasting remarks earlier in the letter seem out of place? But here, in his own pen, he's contrasting a boast. Those who were so pro-law that they were requiring Gentile circumcision, their boast is in their faithfulness to the law. But Paul says that his faith is placed in Jesus, and that is his only boast. Obedience to the law doesn't count. Disobedience to the law doesn't count. Being a new creation with resurrection kingdom life because of Jesus, that counts. If you are with him in this belief, shalom and mercy. Then he concludes in verse 17 and 18. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. Now, without speculating on what marks Paul has on his body, he is drawing a contrast between the marks of truly following Jesus and the marks of a cut penis. Final word, grace. And that is what the letter aimed to reclaim in the hearts and the minds of the Galatians. As we continue to build our biblical worldview, we want to think about what in our minds needs renewed. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Is that where our mind is? When we think about living with Jesus today, do we think of what laws he wants us to obey? Or do we think about the freedom we have to follow him? When we think about following Jesus today, do we think about it in community? The kingdom is not an island. It's a family of grace, mercy, and peace. We're in this together. We also have decisions that we make on our own, or rather with the spirit of Yahweh, or our old selves. We all long for Eden, and essentially every prayer request we have exists because we long for Eden. Pain, hunger, fear, loss, trials. I mean, I could go on and on. Often we feel that these sort of prayers are unanswered, but I believe this is where community comes in again. Yahweh can answer us with, I am restoring Eden, but in the meantime, go be it for others, and maybe they'll be it for you too. And that isn't an exchange like do good and others will do good to you, because that's not true, but meet others' needs in an Edenic way that you would love to experience when you have need. This is how the body of Christ or the kingdom citizens can be answers to prayer as well. Thank you for listening. Anakinosis is a project for anyone anywhere who's looking to renew their biblical worldview. Next time, we return to Luke's Acts Narrative.